Cool sounds, Connie. Take your sticking paws off me, you damn dirty ape! Mr. Falco. That's what I was thinking. Are you Mr. Falco? Well, how did you guess it, Miss James? He's so pretty, that's how. Mr. Falco, let it be said at once, is a man of 40 faces, not one. None too pretty. And all deceptive. You see that grin? That's the, uh, that's the charming speed urchin face. It's part of his helpless act. He throws himself upon your mercy. He's got a half dozen faces for the ladies. But the one I like, the really cute one, is the quick, dependable chap. Nothing he won't do for you in a pinch, so he says. Mr. Falco, whom I did not invite to sit at this table tonight, is a hungry press agent and fully up to all the tricks of his very slimy trade. Match me, Sidney. Not right this minute, J.J. Close. No, no, you, you'll <laughs> like this. I'm really sorry, gents. A bad case of the green apple splatters <laughs> means that I won't be able to make it this afternoon. Oh, wow. <laughs> green apple splatters yeah. is a beautiful, descriptive it way is. of saying you can't be off. Uh, <laughs> On that note, ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to the Stinking Paws podcast. <laughs> 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 the mics have been on for about 17 minutes and I will leave you to work out what the bloody hell that conversation was all about. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, I'm Scott. With me is Paul, my Hello. new co-host. Hello. Because it's our 10th anniversary year, we have invited numerous friends, podcasters and guests to join us. But we us. couldn't get one. Again, we couldn't find anybody suitable that fits into any of those categories. Uh, we've been asking people to choose movies that we've previously recorded, Paul, isn't it, over the past 10 years? Some you weren't even involved with. So. No, no, it's still an experience for me. Um, so this one, you weren't, it was me and Charlie, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, must okay. have been early, I think. Episode 70, I want to say, which oh, okay. is about 100 episodes ago. It was in my hiatus. I'll talk about that later. <laughs> And joining us, as you can hear chuckling in the background, it's a very warm welcome to our dear friend Kev. Hello, mate. Hey up, mate. <laughs> how, you do, how you chaps doing anyway? <laughs> We're good. Uh, how is it up north? Is there much snow on the ground? Uh, no, I'm, I'm just going bald. <laughs> oh. 
no, it's um, fine up here. We don't get yeah. much snow. Just, it, just put another coat on. That's it. Put a big coat out. That's it. In the general history of Stinking Paws, Kev, you were a late entrant mm. to the pod pals, weren't you? We, we, yeah, when, did, when did you appear knocking on our door, mate? Oh, fucking hell. Um, Christ, I've, been, I've only been doing it for about eight or nine years and i think mm. i think we started bumming around together about five years ago maybe i want to say a bit longer i want to say a bit it, longer it mm. probably just feels like it's got don't worry um, yeah. Now, yeah. <laughs> now you're probably right actually i'm thinking of all moves ups we've had so yeah, yeah probably a bit longer than that seven i'm gonna yeah. say a guess uh, a guess a yeah. very welcome yeah. addition to the group because yeah, um, surely we went to york about three or four years ago didn't we oh god yeah before covid yeah yeah oh, yeah. Christ, yeah oh christ yeah yeah that's been going for about i don't know a decade now <laughs> as long as the black death yeah <laughs> yeah i had to stay in that time as well <laughs> <laughs> and for those that don't know kev i mean kev you hadn't actually been an official guest on the show i've been a guest on yours is that right yeah, that's right. Yeah, not so that's all. What well, we got? We got the film guff, House of Hammer. Yeah, here lies Amicus. Amicus as well. He's, he's yeah, fighting he's, for the he's title. a busy man. Yeah, I'm a busy man. Uh, um, I don't think I've got anything else coming. Oh yeah, I've, I've got the Newman one coming. Is eventually. that still being worked on the Gary Newman one? Fuck yeah. Well, well, what happened? I'd got I'd got a, a script sorted out, 800 pages long, and then what the hell. <laughs> Yeah, I've, I've done a hell of a lot of research. Is, is it everything and, he's ever done since birth? <laughs> yeah, and he's just turned 65, so there's yeah, a lot. <laughs> every plane he's crashed. Yeah, oh. every bird he's bonked. Um, <laughs> did you know that Caroline Monroe did a 12-inch with Gary Newman? Hey. <laughs> I was all ready to record that last year and the computer had got it on just cacked out and then when i got it back they'd fixed it but the drive was completely wiped oh, oh. So, so rewrite the whole script yep Ooh. yeah am I, am I right in thinking you've been to every single gary newman tour since 78 or yeah something? uh no since 1985 85. i think yeah because uh that was the only time that was the first time I'd actually been allowed out, and I went out when I was 15. <laughs> I had to sneak out, <laughs> sneak out oh. and bugger up to Sheffield. Uh, sorry, Sheffield City Hall in 1985, I think it was. Yeah. Wow. And when was the most recent one? It wasn't that long ago, was it? Uh, it was Wembley. Last Finally year? saw him in Wembley. Yeah, last year. And Fucking he's still packing out Wembley Arena, I take it. Yeah, yeah, the, the big arena. It was massive. Fucking it hell. was sold out in 20 minutes I, i've actually seen gary newman but um it was at duxford air show hey <laughs> i've seen him at finnley air show bizarrely when he was flying his um mustang yeah yeah i, I, I saw him from a distance in the air but hey. <laughs> i'm told it was him it could have been anyone yeah and bruce dickinson's just behind him honest <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> followed by john travolta and his jet <laughs> So, how far are you into the Hammer movies with the House of Hammer? Because you started what? off doing all the early stuff, didn't you, with the stuff yep. that we didn't touch on Real Britannia. We went straight in with Quatermass and all of those, but yeah. you decided to do some of the British noirs and the real mm. sort of like funny old detective police procedurals and things, didn't you, before? Yeah. You must be hitting the classic Gothic Ooh, Hammer here. Mm, we're looking at hitting it 
in September, I think it is. Yeah, yeah. Probably about the time this actually gets released, I would have thought. No, 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 no. (laughs) (laughs) There would have been a time when I would have agreed with you there. (laughs) We're on a bit of a tight timetable here, because I want to try and get all these guest episodes out before the actual 10th birthday. Mm. I want to try. That's the that's the aim. We'll just have to see if it happens. Um, Film Guff, how's that going? Still going strong? You still doing that quite still regularly? Still going strong. Yeah, the, we did a seven-hour um, show on Christopher you, you, Nolan. You, seven hours. Yeah. Oh, Interstellar. Yeah, exactly. Interstellar. Yeah. <laughs> Let's bring it on. <laughs> yeah. I could talk about Interstellar for a bit. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. This is where I leave you two to carry on. <laughs> oh, God. I'm not a massive Nolan fan. I, I, not. I, I like the Batman stuff. They like Connie. <laughs> Nolan. <laughs> So Nolan. He's always in the mood for dancing. No, no my my favourite was Bernie. <laughs> Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Connie Nolan? One of the Nolans. Is it? Yeah. She's yeah, the one, one of the granddaughters or something. I don't no, know. she Mr. just sits at the back doing the knitting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, never been a massive Nolan fan, but shush. <laughs> <laughs> Did you do that all in one seven-hour sitting then, mate? Or was it like no, we split it up. up. Yeah, we split it up, did it film by film. But what we did was we recorded it out of sync, first off. We different guests for certain films you know whoever wants to came on so we we've got tommy on talking about memento um and we just sort of then went away got all the stuff together and then ali just ran away and hid while i left it to you as usual (laughs) 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 leave me to edit it because he knows what an absolute nightmare it's going to be but when we did it when we finally released it we released it in reverse order so it starts at tenor and goes right back to following like memento Well, like Christopher Nolan would, I'm sure. <laughs> sure he would love to do that. <laughs> ah, excellent. And then the Amicus one with Gabriella? Um, that's gone on a hiatus, but that's mm. just because Gabriella seems to be ridiculously busy and it's a nightmare trying to sort out the um, call. Yeah, logistics yeah. with South of Africa. It's ridiculous. And then, of course, when you're then sorting out a guest from America, you're trying to work out the time difference between time differences between three continents it's like oh christ yeah i can imagine mate. Well, she's, <laughs> she's, yeah, but which is the same time as us don't know i wasn't similar. going to mention that no i think it's yeah. about but, an hour or two yes yeah, it's it's, it's, in, it's enough to throw yeah. Yeah. It's, it's enough okay. <laughs> <laughs> that's why you're recording this call because i wouldn't <laughs> Yeah. That's start too late. <laughs> there is a time delay between us and up north. It's about two decades. But... <laughs> no, that's just as far as taste goes. <laughs> and this fashion. Is this is why we're recording on Skype for him. Yeah. And Kevin's Kevin actually in black and white as well. <laughs> Sepia? <laughs> Do you mind? <laughs> oh, let's Let's get to the... The crux of this matter, the, the Stinky Paws podcast is celebrating its 10th birthday. Now, Kev, I'm going to assume you weren't listening right at the very beginning because you weren't part of the Pod Pals group. But once you got to know me and Charlie and some of the guys and then Paul joined in and all this sort of stuff, you, I'm, I'm hoping you started listening. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, right. I, I, 
it was really funny because uh, Charlie was the hook for me because he's for most people. Yeah, go on. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's just it's really funny because. I don't know, his, his voice is really, I don't know, it sounds like he should be on EastEnders Market or something. And then he starts talking about the French New Wave and what have you, and you think, this don't fucking land yeah. right at all. It's, 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 right. Like, it's like an intelligent Danny Dyer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it just doesn't work. It doesn't fit. And that's the thing. I love listening to Charlie. He's great. You two, you're not so bothered. <laughs> Well, we actually found him at a circus. It was, it was abandoned, a bit like the elephant, you know, and then we thought we'd bring him in just, the, you know, <laughs> freak boy, freak movie boy. We brought him in. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we're proud to say that, you know, you've been a great friend ever since we first met you. And, and I appeared mm. on your show and you asked me to choose a movie. Um, I don't think Paul's listened to this particular episode, but knowing what the film guff is like and the sort of movies, sometimes you like to go a bit off kilter and you like something to have a good laugh about and a good, yep. you know, not taking it too seriously. So I said to you, let's do The Boys from Brazil. And now, Paul, do you remember anything about Because you weren't part of that recording that the no. stinking pause did. Kev, can, can you explain the plot to The Boys from I, Brazil? Do you know? I've seen God. clips of it. It is very, very obscure, isn't right. it? Right. Considering it's got Lawrence <laughs> Olivia and Gregory Peck in it. The basic plot, Kev? Um, you've got children of Nazis with blue eyes and dogs. Yeah. Okay. Cloned. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Just yeah, mm. average uh, movie script. And they're all born yeah. on the same day on different continents. And Lawrence Olivier is this crazy Nazi hunter that's trying to piece it all together. Steve Guttenberg is in at the beginning. Yes. Really? Yeah. 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 He's, very he's, young Steve. He's like yeah. a... He's like a proto Wiesenthal, isn't it? Isn't he? Exactly. Um, you know, he's yeah. he's a young one. <laughs> yeah. Although he gets and, killed. And Gregory mm. Pet, if you've not seen it, but perhaps we might have to do birthday oh. celebs. Yeah. God, might. yes. Yeah, mm. do it again. That 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 quote <laughs> is worth it just for that felt <laughs> you dumb ugly bitch. What up, you ugly bitch? Yeah. <laughs> It's actually at the end of our theme tune. Yeah. yeah. Oh, right. Yes. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. Gregory Peck. That's oh, right. Playing Joseph Mengler. It is bizarre. It is so it bonkers. Honestly, we're in for a real ride. If you will. We'll, we'll do that again, Kev. Could we do that later in the year, mate? It's part of our birthday. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, have, you um, ever, have you ever done the double um, bill, though, where you've double billed it with Marathon Man? We haven't. But in two weeks' time, we're reviewing Marathon Man. We've. Uh, ben. Ah. So if oh, you'd well, like to be part of that, organized. you are more than welcome to join in to do Marathon Man. Oh, yeah. <laughs> because, again, it's, it's people are choosing not necessarily their favourite movies, but stuff that they know we've reviewed over the last 10 years mm. and just want to chip in and, and do. And, and even Paul um, has, has selected one that he wasn't part of back in the early days, and you're doing uh, Some Like a Hot. How cool is that? I don't like, like that. Oh. Really? Yeah, well, I don't. You're not going to be on that episode. <laughs> No, it's all right, but it's not—it's not his best, um, you know. Wilder, but Wilder does some amazing stuff, but that mm. is not. I mean, you look at the apartment and stuff like that, and you think, Christ, oh, yeah, I love all of it. Yeah, we, we did Ace in the Hole, reason. Ooh, a superb one. Kirk Douglas as well in that. He's an absolute shark. But then you've got you've got Tony Curtis, who we're going to be talking about for the next hour. Absolutely, or so. yep. Um, it's it's just for me, it's the perfect screwball comedy. You know, mm. it's it's absolutely amazing and. Possibly not Munro's greatest moment, 
but at the same time, it's one of her better. Um, and I'd mm. love to go back. Well, we're going to be doing that very soon, Paul. Yes, yes. And I'm looking forward to it because mm. it's one I off, often suggested and then realised you'd already done it. <laughs> Ten years down the line, we're about 170 movies now. Mm. We've got quite a good batting average, really, when you break it down. You know, that's 17 movies a year. Yeah. So it's yeah, over it's one a month. Yeah. 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 Mm. But as we said to Smoku, we were reminded that back in the early days, which is before we knew you, Kev, we were doing three movies a show. Yeah, we, you were getting... We'd done five on a Halloween special. I remember the the way that you recorded it as well, because you would just sit there in one session and record for five hours, and you could tell exactly when you'd been recording towards the end, because everyone was wankered. No, no, <laughs> yes, never. Yes. And those old sessions would actually last something like 12 hours, to be honest, because they would start putting jingles and, you know, promos (laughs) for other podcasts. Trailer. All of that, trailer, trailer, trailer came from one of those, yeah. (laughs) Uh, So, with that in mind, 10th anniversary coming up in June. So, Kev is our special guest. We've asked him to select a movie that we have reviewed previously. What have you come up with, mate? The Sweet Smell of Success. Trailer. 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 Lancaster as J.J. Hunsecker, world-famed columnist whose gossip is gospel to 60 million readers. Tony Curtis as Sidney Falco, the kid who had ideas about taking over. We happen to know I'm your star pupil because I reflect back to you your own talent. I'd hate to take a bite of you. You're a cookie full of arsenic. (laughs) Don't turn your back on him. You might find a knife in it. This is their story and that of the big shots and big names who worship the sweet smell of success. Along Broadway, throughout Hollywood, down Wall Street, on Capitol Hill, sweet smell of success. We're friends, Hobby. We go as far back as when you were a fresh kid congressman, don't we? Why is it that everything you say sounds like a threat? Maybe it's a mannerism, because I don't threaten friends. But why furnish your enemies with ammunition? And here you are, out in the open, where any hip person knows that this one is toting that one around for you. Sydney is a great salesman. He'd sell anything to get there. Just ask his girl. Sydney, I don't do this sort of thing. What sort of thing? This sort of thing! You need him for a favor, don't you? Well, so do I. I need his column tonight. All you think about is yourself and your column. You see yourself as some sort of a a national glory. To me and lots of people like me, your slimy scandal and your phony patriotics. To me, Mr. Hunsecker, you're a national disgrace. Bert Lancaster as the almighty J.J. Hunsecker. Tony Curtis as his man of all dirty work. Introducing Susan Harrison and the Chico Hamilton Quintet. Put your hands on my sister. Jay, Jay. Jay. 
that's the sweet smell of success released in 1957 directed by alexander mckendrick and what's alexander mckendrick famous for you got any idea directing films anything specific <laughs> kev well he does a hell of a lot of british films he's our boy from ealing he's the ealing comedy guy oh, he did whiskey okay. galore mm. probably okay. his mm. most famous yeah right. so this is his foray into to hollywood kev isn't it so yeah yeah Quite a jump. Quite a jump. It is a completely different tone of movie. Mm. After Ealing was sold, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. The right it time, was, it? Yeah. Yeah, he jumped ship just at the right time, didn't he? Look at you. Paul's, Paul's been doing research again, ladies and gentlemen. This is, it's taken 10 years. <laughs> I'm glad he has, because I, I was going to tell you earlier, but I've taken absolutely no notes with this because... <laughs> We don't know. It's like, well, normally I prepare a hell of a lot more, but with this, it's impossible. You cannot sit there and take notes with this. No, movie. it's just bang, 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 snap, yeah. snap, snap, all Absolutely. the way through, isn't it? Yeah, we- you cannot look away for one second. It holds your attention for the full 95 minutes. It's we great. were saying earlier that the dialogue is so snappy. It's, yes. It's it's very well written. Mm. Um, and. And yeah, you can't sort of sit there and look at your phone for two seconds, even if you like wanted to look something up. It's because you're going to miss too much dialogue. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, you've you've got throwaway things like arsenic cookies. And... <laughs> I'd hate to take a bite out of you. You're a cookie full of arsenic. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Fantastic, you know, and it's all really throwaway stuff, you know. And if you don't keep up, you are screwed because there's a lot of character interplay that you've really got to pay attention to. Paul and I spoke briefly in the pub this afternoon, just as a general. I wanted to get Paul's general sort of like first time watch of this, of Abway's impression. Yeah. And 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 the thing that. I sort of said, I, I said, I think this is Tony Curtis's one of his best roles. He really does get a chance Ooh. to actually act in it. Mm. And then Paul said to me, Burt Lancaster, what a bastard. Basically. <laughs> <laughs> it, just such a superb performance. I mean, obviously the character is, is there for him to interpret the way he wants to, but he just plays it so, oh, such a bastard, so mean, so, mm. uh, it, it just, it makes the film. I mean, Tony Curtis is, is great in it, but if it hadn't have had Burt Lancaster there, if, if someone else had played that character, I, I don't think it, his acting role wouldn't have come across as strong if he couldn't sort of play off of Lancaster like that. Yeah. The thing is, as well, Lancaster has that certain presence. He's got that physicality where you can't take your eyes off him. Um, yeah, he's a massive guy. And there's, a, I'm trying to think which one it is, but it's the bar that he tends to sit at. He's got his own table and he, yeah. he has the phone on the table. I mean, who the hell has a, their own phone line on the table in a pub? I mean... I used to get a lot of calls at my local from me. You know, is he there? Yes, of course he's here. It's probably uh, your but... wife telling you to get home. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, is it kind of comes across as being like the spider at the middle of the web. Exactly. Mm. Yes. Mm. And it's a very sort of situation of its time because gossip columnists don't really exist now you know you get mm, it's in the just sun that, trolls on twitter usually, yeah isn't it? you get yeah, the yeah. type things don't you and, yeah. and, and I'm, I'm just thinking does any like blogger have that sort of influence that hunsecker has back no. in 1957 they don't not now do they? i mean you used no. to get things like 
uh, it's a really weak sort of analogy, but like bizarre column in the sun. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It was all the little gossip, all the little, oh, she's doing this and he's doing that sort of thing. But it was all just rumour mongering. Mm. Uh, and on a slight scale, back then, because there was no other media other than radio, TV was still in its early days. Yeah. 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 Um, yep. So it was the fact that everyone everyone had a daily newspaper so yeah everyone turned to that page to go oh what are the stars up to what's happening so yeah it was their only median of getting any information about them other than like what the news chose to portray well, but even the news would be very sort of la- partial really. yeah yeah, that, yeah they yeah. they wouldn't get into the nitty-gritty of so-and-so's possibly having an affair or that they wouldn't touch on that mm. see the thing is as well you kind of forget how powerful the press was and even going up to all the president's men i think that's probably the last time there was any sort of big impact from a, a newspaper kind of standpoint but you think about Citizen Kane. Um, I'm trying to think. There's the Walter Matthau and Jack Lemon one where front they're in the page. press room. Front page. Thank you. It's yeah. The remake of um, Cary Grant, isn't it? Um, yeah. Um, the oh, oh, his Girl Friday. His Girl Friday. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That was remade as the front page. It's been re- remade a couple of times, isn't it? But. Mm. When you go back 20 years before this, and like you say, Citizen Kane is based on William Randolph Hearst and yeah. broadcasting like media empire. Um, and then also you had the dedicated go- gossip Hollywood columnists like Luella Parsons and Hedda Hopper, wasn't it? With the two yes, yeah, famous. That, that was literally what they do. They turn up at premieres, and here yep. we are. Here's the gossip. What's the gossip with you and your leading lady and all that? So, and they would have. There, there were probably, well, there were probably two major publishing houses, weren't there, in America? Hearst had one, and somebody had the other. Parsons was on one, Hopper was on the other, and they had competing gossip columns. Mm. Um, and it would be who could get the most juice, basically. For, yeah. For yeah. So we're now talking like 57. We're going into the Cold War. We're going into communism and all of the blacklisting and all mm. of that. So it's doing a different spin on it. But at the same time, it's not only the power that Hunsaker has, it's the fear that other people have of him, of, of yeah. what he could do. He can make or break yeah. a career, a life, he, a marriage, He whatever. says something bad against you. Whether it's true or not, he, he's going to decimate your career, isn't he? Yeah. yeah. The, only, the only scene, his face is on a bus, basically. He's that of course, yeah. famous, isn't he? He's mm. that well-known. He is a celebrity. He's more famous yeah. than the people he's gossiping Yeah, because he, you know? he not only had the column, but he had the TV show yeah. as well. And, yeah. and again, anyone with a primetime TV show in, in the 50s was like God, wasn't it? It was, yeah. it was oh, yeah. like back in the 50s, even in America, there wouldn't have been many channels so what was it his was... name? That Clark. What what was his first name? The the guy that had the Beatles on. Oh, um. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Is it? Yeah, yeah. No, you're yeah. thinking of Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan. Ed Sullivan. Thank you. Yeah. 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 Was the Ed Sullivan show? He had the doors yeah. on, didn't he? And yeah. the doors. Dick, Dick Clark yeah. was... American Bandstand or something. Yeah. I Doors refused to uh, change their lyrics because he wanted them to change, get much higher for something else. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, they chose it? not to, yeah. <laughs> that Elvis was filmed from the waist up. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Too controversial to see his hips move. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If they were alive today and could see things like TikTok and whatever. Yeah. Oh, my God. Like... Show them some Cardi B. 
Oh God. <laughs> no. <laughs> <have> melt. <laughs> I don't think there's much of Cardi B that everyone ain't seen. <laughs> Kev, out of the 170 movies that you could have selected, you specifically chose this. Yeah. Was there a reason? I mean, I, I can see why you liked it, I, I, but any specific sort of thing that gravitated you towards? It's just one of them films that I've never really talked about and always wanted mm. to. Um, but again, I feel like I really... <laughs> Really can't give it much justice anyway. But when I started looking through the list, I thought, Christ almighty, there's some great films here, but there's nothing like this. This is, the, yeah. to me, this is a perfect film. Even though it's got jazz in it, it's still a 10 out of 10. Ooh, but that, that's another thing. It's Elmer Bernstein as well as the score. It is yeah. so typical Bernstein, I think, yeah. from yeah. that period from, because he'd go on to do Magnificent Seven or whatever. But Planet this of the is Apes. typical Bernstein. Yes, he did. Well, mm. No, that was, it'll come to me in a minute. That wasn't Bernstein, Planet of the Apes. Oh, who was that then? Anyway, um, but yeah, Bernstein, definitely, it's, um, I'm trying to think what the guy was called, Steve Dallas, um, yeah. the actor that was playing him. When you watch him and his band, mm. they actually look like they're playing it. I mean, I don't play jazz guitar, but to me, that looked like he was actually playing that guitar. Yeah. 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 Do you know who was originally supposed to play that? No. Robert Vaughan. Kidding. No, Robert Ooh. Vaughan was signed to contract that, but he was drafted into the army. Ooh. Would that work, Well, yeah? uh, well you've got no. 50s, 60s Robert Vaughan. He was a bit hip. He was a bit yeah. like, cool. It probably visually suited part. Mm-hmm. I don't think it if he'd have been as hard faced as the mm. other guy. Yeah, Martin Milner isn't it? Martin, Martin, yeah. yeah, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't know. Because he's so angular, I don't think it'd have worked as well when he's facing off against but Lancaster mm. either. That's true. Because Milner looks a bit more baby-faced and he looks pure. I think it's probably his blonde hair that that helps as well. He does look like an all-American boy, doesn't he? He doesn't look like he's going to be in (laughs) Magnificent Seven all dressed in black or anything like that. How old is sister supposed to be? Well, she's 19 in the 19, film. She's 19. 19 yeah, right. And she's actually 19 in when she's filming it as well. Right. So are we assuming that that character is the same age or a bit old? 19. Uh, they do mm. actually no, mention the, it in uh, The Boyfriend. Oh, The Boyfriend. Oh, The Boyfriend. I think he's mm. early 20s. On a little bit yeah. old. He'd have to be, wouldn't he? Yeah. Which is why Hans Secker not is sort of objecting to it, as, apart from like yeah. being a jazz musician. Did, and yeah. Didn't you think, I mean, I have to touch on that relationship between Go the sister and Huntsecker. Mm. That just seemed so much more than brother, big brother and little sister it relationship. It that, is, yeah. That just <laughs> at times was quite creepy. Mm. Um, yeah, you basically no man was ever going to be suitable because the, I, I just think the love was a little bit deeper than brother-sister. Mm. Yeah, it was... An odd one because I couldn't really fathom what his motivation could be other than incestuous. Yeah, because yeah. he was very obviously a single man. Yeah. Um, I'm assuming the parents. Yeah, parents mm. weren't mentioned and obviously weren't about. Yeah, uh, he lived his life very much a bachelor in his big flat with a little room for his sister. That really weirdly, the, the balcony that came off the sister's room and the main mm. room mm. and 
you could clearly see her sleeping in her bed. Uh, yeah. There's a, there's a lot of un- wow. underlying creepiness yeah. to this yeah. film. I never thought about that before. And the fact... Yeah, yeah the, well, I'm just thinking... Um, I the can balcony spot actually... a mile away. <laughs> well, the balcony comes into play, doesn't it, later yeah. on? But the fact that you've got full access to her room mm-hmm. by just going through the door to the balcony yep. means that she's not got any power over locking you out at all yeah yeah and, and there's a there is a point in the movie where you could see her from the balcony yeah from, yeah, through, yeah through the window see her sleeping in a bed mm-hmm. and i'm like that's just weird i mean if anyone is sleeping in their bed you shouldn't be able to see that like yeah. whatever room you're in unless mm. for some reason you've left your room door open there shouldn't be windows doors whatever that you could see through to actually see them there yeah um i did find that a little uncomfortable <laughs> but that kind of feeds into his character as well because let's face it um hunsucker's not exactly the most likable guy no no he's and... um very un underhand i think mm. would be a, a a little bit too <laughs> really do we get any sort of inkling as to how this has all come about his protection for the sister is it because there are no parents and he's taken responsibility for is it that literally what it boils down to or i reckon that's all it is yeah. yeah also i think i mean we never sort of get to gauge Hansacker's age but knowing that the sister mm. is 19 and he's an established mm. like columnist who's got to be in his 30 at yeah. least easy yeah yeah so there's a big gap between them so that possibly there is that parental side to his personality of her mm. uh, as to why he's so defensive but yeah it does there's many times in the film i found that it came across as just a little bit too much interest in her life yeah well especially when he starts beating Tony Curtis up because he <laughs> thinks he's actually, you know, having a pop. I'm not yeah. sure what's going on there. And that's when you actually see his physicality and just how big he is. Because Tony Curtis mm. is not exactly a small kid, and yeah. yet he's just quite happily throwing him around the room with a good old slap round face, which is, oh, you know, <laughs> that's just, oh, there's something about slapping. I can't do with slapping. JJ, Susie was so depressed she tried to kill herself. Depressed? About what? Well, she heard the news about Dallas. What news about Dallas? Oh, uh, I took it for granted, J.J., that you heard about it around town. You're not going to like this, but they, uh, they picked him up on a marijuana rap. And is that why you put your hands on my sister? JJ, please. Susie tried to throw herself off the terrace. Susie, tell him the truth. Tell him! JJ, please. Look, I can explain. Tell me to get Kello. Didn't you? <laughs> a, a good punch to the face, yeah, but yeah. oh Little man, I mean, yeah, massive bitch slap with him. I mean, he's got hands like shovels. 
it's, it's more humiliating than a pun. Yes. Yeah. 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 Exactly. I, yeah. I, please, I've bitch slapped you. You know, I didn't have to punch you. I've slapped you. Um, let's talk about Tony Curtis. And, and I sort of hinted that I think this is one of his best roles because, you know, the dramatic roles that we associate Tony Curtis are things like the Vikings or, you know, something that's not contemporary as such. You know, yeah. it does the historical stuff or yeah, yeah. the comedic stuff like Some Like It Hot or. For you in particular, Kev, you and I at the Persuaders, Persuaders. yeah, something like that. Yeah. I do, I've yeah. seen them, yeah. Yep. Um, so this is for those that haven't seen Tony Curtis, you know, at this level, mm. it could be a bit of an eye opener. That, that, that man could actually act, you know. He, oh God, in yeah. later life, he became a bit of a joke. You know, when he was used to go around peddling his paintings and things in, you know, on, on talk <laughs> shows and stuff yeah. like that. And it's oh Tony, for God's sake, just retire. We we know you've you know done. <laughs> let Jamie Lee just take the spotlight for God's sake, you know. But in nineteen fifty seven. He proved he was worthy of, you know, any Oscar nomination that was out there. Whether he got, I don't even looked at Oscar nominations for this guy. Does anybody know? No uh, idea. No, but Let's I'm sure I can find yeah. out. But with Tony Curtis, I mean, Kev, obviously, you, you know Tony Curtis quite well. We, you know, his, his mm. career history and stuff like that. It, it stands out, doesn't it? It, it does. There's amazing. only one. There's only one that I can compare it to as far as dramatic, and it's yeah. when he's the Boston Strangler. I was just about there's the only other one that I was going to say. Yeah, that's the only other time that he really strikes you as something quite method in there, you know, and he's he's quite disturbing in that. Uh, Yes. But it just Uh, shows that he's got another string to his bow, doesn't it? Yeah. Talking to Boston Strangler, Netflix are bringing out uh, a movie next week called Boston Strangler. And it's based around the newspaper reporting of the events at the time. All right. It doesn't focus on the Hmm. the method and the, you know, the murders and stuff. Um, And apparently it's about two female reporters that were leading on the case at the time and trying to force it into the headlines because it was being ignored, surprisingly, at the time, you know, Hmm. Fascinating story, actually. I know serial killers and a bit sick, but um, it's a very interesting story. It, it was an eye opener for me. I mean, this is only the second time I've seen it. Paul, first time watch for you. You know yep. him from Some Like It Hot, amongst other things. Yep. His performance for you. That, but yeah, what were you thinking when you saw it? It took a while to get used to because I've I've only ever seen him like Persuaders, mm. um, Some Like It Hot. So the more serious stroke comedic roles. So I've not actually seen him in something as gritty as like this is almost a film noir sort of mm. bordering on, isn't I want it? Want to talk it's, about that as well? How yeah. Categorise this movie. Mm. Um, to start with, I, I found it difficult to keep up with the fact that the, the dialogue in it was so fast because yeah. it was a real, real surprise to me. Having watched a lot of sort of this kind of decades of of film recently, which are much slower paced, oh, much yeah. like more artistic covered the rather than dialogue and to to just hit it bang 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 and and it was just like what the (laughs) (laughs) it it really did take me a while just to settle down and actually concentrate on it as kev said he could not write a single note tonight watching it because Mm. your focus is there all the time and if you blink turn away whatever yeah you've missed a little gem a little nugget of of a piece of there's a script that's you know four words in the certain things that they say that is amazing that is yeah. like script writing gold and and like you say you blink you miss it so for you you were like transfixed then paul by the whole yeah it, it did catch me early on i mean a lot of the films we've reviewed lately i some of which i have to watch over a couple of nights because mm. i'm just not quite sort of in the zone to watch them or whatever this i, I put it on last weekend 
Sunday afternoon. Thought, right, mm-hmm. I'm going to watch this. And I couldn't take my eyes off it for the whole duration of the film. Yeah, because one, I couldn't like, <laughs> keep up with it if I did like miss it. Um, it surprised me, his performance because it was totally different to what I'd seen. And obviously he was a lot younger in this than well, some like I was like 60. No, two years. Really? Yeah, some like I was two years after. Right. He wow. matured a lot in those mm. two I'm sure some like I was 59. I, I thought it was there. 60s, but I'll bow to your Definitely greater knowledge. 50s, I think it's 50. But yeah, I mean, obviously the way they'd dressed him and made his hair and that made him look quite this young, um, very eager uh, press agent, they called him, didn't they? Yeah. 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 Fresh face. Fr- yes. Well, mm. yeah. He was mustard fresh face. But, mm. I mean, the character he played, and he portrayed it well, of yeah. such uh, basically a low life that wouldn't, not do anything to get what he wanted. There's one point in the film where he looks like he's about to say, no, I'm not doing that. And then he's just given the one thing that he needs to push. Yeah, the carrot given... of three weeks in the, or three months in the Absolutely, three months running a column. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And you can see that he's just got a price and it doesn't matter what it is, yeah, he'll that, do it. That was setting up the guy with cannabis in his pocket, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was yeah. terrible. Oh, but as well as that, um, you look at how he is physically as well. I mean, good God. He's in good shape and he looks really good because there's um, a, a singer uh, with a uh, politician in there and she actually comments on him saying um yeah you know you look really good and then of course Bert Lancaster says that's just one of his 40 faces <laughs> don't, don't trust any of them yeah <laughs> like, but yeah um he's um quite something it's, it's difficult to describe this film to people that haven't seen it like Kev picked up on this instantly the moment we started talking about the film and, and Paul spoke this afternoon to me that just you know he was captivated from the start and mm. Paul easily gets distracted. And I'm always worried when something from this era is presented to Paul because it can go either way. We've said this many times. Paul yeah. will either love it or hate it. What I wanted to ask you two guys was the thing that I was sort of querying in my brain. Film noir instantly comes to mind. But does it fit the classic tropes of film noir? Or is it something that's sort of hanging around the outskirts of film noir here? Because it's not typical. Mm, I think it's got elements there as far as mm. it's set in. Yeah. It's three quarters of it takes place at night. You've got the rain soaked streets. You've got the jazz score, but Memphis there's no, no, not really. No, there's no, no time fatal as such. No, yeah. and uh, there's no uh, murders. There's, there's yeah, but I'd say, I'd say the the sister is bordering on that because especially the way she twists at the end mm. and and makes it look like Tony Curtis has been inappropriate with her. Yeah. Now it's a this is one, isn't it? Yeah. Mm. Thinking about it as well, that ending, um, it's brilliant the way that you're never sure whether it's her that set that up or whether it's Hunsaker. Mm. Right. It's never no, actually right. Yeah. This afternoon, when we had the briefest of conversation, didn't like the ending, or you weren't sure about the ending, or something you said? I didn't like the ending, but not the bit that Kevin's mm. talking about mm. after that. I, I, I really sort of that bit was part of the main film in my mind. Mm. It when he leaves the building, when he gets beaten up by the crooked policeman, 
Yeah. And she sort of walks off and he walks off sort of thing or whatever. And it's just like, I didn't want it to end there. I, <laughs> I thought there should have been a little bit more description of what happens. And I, I appreciate films sometimes leave it to your imagination as to what went on. Mm. You know, some of those films that have a brilliant script and they write it so well and it gets to the end and they've almost run out of steam and they're like, mm. oh, we'll, we'll just do that, do that. And that's it. <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's a bit how I felt at the end of that film. I was so enthralled throughout the film, getting engrossed in everyone's characters. And I just felt it was lacking. All right. No, I, I liked it because of how they, especially watching it again, how they, they play that last bit out. Because you, you're never quite sure whether it's Susan that set it up and made yeah. the call and got, um, oh, what's his name, Falco. Never sure whether he, it's her that actually sent the message and got Falco there to set Falco up or whether it was Hunsecker. But either way, at the end of it, with her walking off, it's almost like she's got what she wanted to get let's say she wins at the end she wins or does she see how the flip side of it is if it's hunsecker's plan has she seen that hunsecker is actually that manipulative that he will get somebody there just to be set up to look like a rapist using her as bait which is why she's set, setting off she's leaving him in disgust rather than leaving him as a winner you're never quite sure because you can play it both ways and both ways are completely work you know they're, they're both passable how many times have you seen the movie kev oh christ um <laughs> a, a good few uh because no, I, I can would... imagine that every time you watch it mm. something is added something's taken away and something makes you question something more each yeah. time is it one of these many layers it is yeah it's movies. like with the cigarette girl the cigarette yeah. girl thing that yeah bothers me because he sets her up at his office but at the time he didn't know who he was setting her up with yeah yeah i mean he, i've seen this twice now and the, the initial conversation that the cigarette girl has with tony curtis is I'm in trouble, she sort of says something. Else. Yeah. And they've also had a little bit of a fling a few weeks before or whatever. And mm. you immediately think she's pregnant or something like that, you know. But then yeah. you just realise, you know, as the conversation develops, she says, is your key still under the mat? He says, yeah, mm. of course it is, you know, help yourself. Mm. Yeah, which shows she's been there before. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. then you start digging into these layers of how that relationship works. And mm. this is the thing. I mean, I say I've only seen this twice. Um, and this is a really one of those bizarre cases of after watching it last night, I was like, yeah, I've seen that now twice. I'm, I'm in no rush to watch it. <laughs> One of these cases of like talking to you two, I'm thinking, do you know what? I need to go back and watch it again now. Yeah. Possibly to, to see the things that you didn't yeah. pay too much attention to. And mm. I'm quite guilty of that. Sometimes I'll take a movie at face value. I appreciated all the, all the dialogue. That was the thing that was bang, 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 outstanding yeah. all the way throughout this watch, which was something I didn't pick up on the first time. I, I bet you if you had the script of that film next to the script of a longer film, this one, would, this one would have been thicker <laughs> because it, it was Definitely. just so much dialogue. Like it, we were talking I, earlier can about... I read you, can I read you a yeah. quote? On letterbox.com, Kev, there's a quote. Have you ever watched a film with dialogue so sharp you have to periodically check your ears to make sure they're not bleeding <laughs> and that sums it up doesn't it i mean yeah it, perfectly it, it's 
visually, cinematography and all that lot. You yeah. can't fault it. You know, like Kev said, the rain-soaked streets, but, the nightclub scenes. But even then, they, they portrayed these scenes and, and, and set the scene, as it were. But it wasn't like a James Cameron film where they spent a minute and a half staring into the rain-soaked street. It showed the street and then it went back to the dialogue. So there, there was none of this like stupidly artistic pausing at them. <laughs> tell you what there was. There's some brilliant shots of like fluid camera movement of following Tony Curtis walking mm. through buildings mm. and corridors and out of doorways. He walked through buildings. You know what I mean. He wasn't a ghost. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, walking through. That doesn't sound wrong. Walking through a building, walking through a corridor, out of a doorway. You know, but the camera was behind him, you know. Just, yeah. You know? Do you know why oh. that was? That was because McKendrick got spooked mm. because he heard that they would edit his film. So he kept so it like one take. He made loads of flowing moves, and that's why. Oh. And uh, I know, really nice move as well because. Um, yeah, because well he was. Because the concern, because the previous director on a, on a, the yeah. same company's film had been sacked for wasting too much time and money on it. Yeah, yeah. And he decided he was going to do that just to make sure that he got all his stuff protected because the editor was just like, I can't do anything with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but as well am as I that. Right, am I right in thinking it's all about going through buildings and stuff like that? I mean, they talk about going to 21, which is yeah, famous nightclub, you know. Mm-hmm. But isn't the building that the sister comes out of, it's the Brill building, isn't it? It's yeah, Brill it is. Building on the it's top, the Brill building. Which yeah. is Tim Pan Alley, where all the music, oh, right. all okay, the music yeah, yeah. was written in the 50s. And we're talking mm-hmm. about, like, what's her face? Um, Neil Sedaka and all say, those guys. Car- uh, Carol King. Carol King and all that. That's mm. the Brill building, isn't it? So Yeah, it is. Uh, well, okay. Which is on Broadway. Yeah, they said it was all set around 42nd and 80. Yeah, something. Yeah, something. yeah. one of the other numbers. Broadway. <laughs> it's Pan it was, Alley, isn't it? It's that. Yeah. 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 Um, but it was one of those few films at the time that actually showed you New York. Um, that particular point, uh, there was there was very few studio films that actually filmed on location in on New location. York. Famously. And, First musical to film on location, I think, was on the town. Yeah, yeah. Wasn't it? We, we, but that was yeah. going back to 45, 46, I think, so which is still a mm. way before. But 42nd and 57th Street. I know it well. <laughs> just, just thought of that. It's a hell of a paper round. <laughs> Isn't it? <laughs> I found um, out, going completely off topic here, Broadway. You know the road Broadway in, in New York? It's yeah. 30 miles long. What? Huh? What? The bit we see in Manhattan is yeah. obviously only like a few blocks yeah but broadway itself the whole street is 30 miles long bloody hell it goes like north of manhattan keeps going up i bet the numbers get high on that imagine that <laughs> yeah like you said hell of a paper round yeah you got broadway yeah you've got the short straw <laughs> well, that's our trivia for tonight <laughs> um let's let's go back to paul paul's first time watch as i said i'm always a bit wary when Paul gets a classic black and white movie. It's going to go one way. It's going to go the other. Give us your, like, your real sort of like viewings on this, mate, because yeah. well, I'm thinking you're like... No, it's a load of shit. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, it took, took me a while just to get concentrated on it because it, it, it really isn't one of those movies that eases you into it. It literally just jumps into the dialogue <laughs> jumps into the story and you have to sort of sit there and figure out okay what's this all about because i hadn't read 
read any synopsis or anything on this movie. I try not to when it's a new movie, mm. so it doesn't spoil it for me. But yeah, it took a good few minutes to realise what Tony Curtis's character was and what he was trying to do. Um, really good, as we've said, dialogue. The, the, the screenwriting was great. Um, the only thing that did disappoint me was was the ending I, for me personally I think that could have been a little bit better but in general I would say if you're going for a rating sort of four out of five sort of thing um, I'd like to see it again perhaps in a year or two just to sort of spot as Scott said the things mm. that I, I hadn't paid attention to or I might have slightly missed uh, or even misconstrued sort of certain bits in it. Um, with, with yourself, I didn't see at the end that it could have been him that made the call. I immediately thought it was her making the call just to trap him. Yep. But yeah, now mm. if you think of it the other way around, it does put a different spin on it. Let's face it, he's already shown his uh, um, methods by giving him the little piece of paper saying to get the copper. Yeah. So we know that he's that manipulative. Yeah. He's very already set himself up. Very, very. Woo-hoo-hoo. Oh, <laughs> right. I'm done. Big word for the night. <laughs> <laughs> See, drinking at 12, it really works. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, I, I I did enjoy the film and it, I purposely watched it a week ago rather than just sort of the night before. So I had time to think mm. more about what went on. And, and I've done that with other movies and, and you do appreciate it more if you, you just get that time in your mind every now and again, it'll pop in and go, oh, yeah, I remember that bit. And oh, yeah, that that actually means something different rather than. Mm. If I'd have watched it this morning, come on tonight to do this, I, I don't think I'd have appreciated it as much as it did. Yeah, it, it takes a lot of sinking in. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Was it any different for you this time round, Kev? Because you've seen it a few times. As you yeah, said. it was. Um, it's funny because I never noticed the... the I just heard some weird thing then. Ooh. It wasn't me. <laughs> no, I just heard my, my voice then. But anyway, <laughs> I'll carry on. Start again. <laughs> Um, I found it weird because uh, I'd never noticed the cop before. Um, he appears three times. There's three times, and each time is a bit more menacing towards mm. Falco. He starts off, and he's just the fat cop. Then the next time, he's kind of cornered, but manages to get away, and you feel like there's an intentional, there's a threat there. And the third time, when you finally get the payoff at the end, it is ridiculous, because that's when it all bets are off, you know, and it beats the living shit out of him. But it's that. There's so many little stories that are running alongside it that you think, oh, my God, yeah. Do you know that um, another weird casting thing, thinking about your Robert Vaughan, the cop part was going to be Ernest Borgnine. Yeah. That would have been brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I I, I was thinking who else could have played Burt Lancaster? Oh, do you know who was considered? I'll tell you without knowing. Yeah. Roddy McDowell. (laughs) (laughs) Interesting. The only only one that I thought could have possibly done it was Robert Mitchell. Right. Originally originally considered for that role was Orson Welles. That would have worked. Yeah, it would have worked because it was still young Orson Welles at the time. Yeah. That would have worked because Mm. you know what you said, Kev, about Hunsaker being like a spider in the centre of a web. Mm. I can see Orson Welles doing that, just there, just reaching out and just like, you're doing this, I'm going to do that. Yeah. 
Awesome I World feel like movie, yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like Awesome Worlds would probably be a bit more animated because when you've seen uh, Burt Lancaster, if you watch his performance, whenever he's actually in conversation with somebody, he never moves. No, no, he's it's very his active, eyes. Isn't he? yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He he basically is holding everybody else it's fantastic to watch um but yeah the i'm trying to think what else there is um to, to be honest although there's a cast of a couple of dozen main mm. characters when you think about it there's only about four or five that you focus on mm. yeah Tony Curtis, Bert Lancaster, you got the cigarette girl you got the sister you got the cop yeah you don't even think about the um secretary that you see no. the first no. character you meet yeah yeah there's literally only half a dozen at the very most. Mm. The rest are just on the periphery. They're not... All right, they're a vital part of what's going yeah. on. Story. Yeah. But such is the dialogue going on between mm. those main five or six characters. Yeah. Even mm. the uh, the the guy he tries to blackmail that just ends up confessing in front of his wife. That is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. That, that whole scene that is brilliant isn't it because it's yeah it's just like i'm not gonna let you blackmail me i'll come out and the wife said basically said oh i appreciate you for being honest and well done (laughs) for having the balls to do it yeah this is first time you've been able to do this in 50 years or (laughs) but the fact well that backfired didn't it yeah yeah and he stood there then and it's almost like oh Please swallow me up now. Yeah. <laughs> Going back to Awesome World. Yeah. The following year, 1950. No, hang on. When's this? 57. Following Seven, year, yeah. Touch of Evil. Touch of Evil, yeah. Was 58. And Awesome yeah. World was that, that cop persona that was, mm. you know, the big guy that was totally in charge of everything around him. So, wow. Yeah. it's it's a, This is more of a film than I took at face value, unfortunately. I need to go back and watch it. I'm guilty of doing it once again. That I've just sort of, in my brain, dismissed the film as being average or run-of-the-mill or, oh, it's one of those 50s pot boilers that were just... And, and not seeing what the hype was about because mm. the hype yeah. is under the surface of this movie. But it's also quite evident, as you said, Paul, because of the language and the dialogue is yeah. in your face all the time. But I think your opinion and and mine is extenuated by the fact that this didn't have a big box office receipt. Mm. It made mm. a lot. And... And critically at the time, it wasn't that great. But over the years, this has built to be a, a sort of classic, almost film noir movie. But yeah. um, it, it's it got so much more appreciation as the years have gone on that, um, that they realised that this it was bigger than all the critics and the, I mean, the public at the time. Yeah. So there's still hope for all those Danny Dyer films. <laughs> mm. <laughs> <Is there? laughs> Run for your wife. Come on. Oh, no. <laughs> the business. Have you not I seen know, the business? I had to sit through the first 12 minutes of Run for Your Wife with Charlie oh. in the very early days of Stinking Paws. Oh, the business is okay. It's it's a bit like you. The, the sexy beast sort of thing oh, yeah I'll, I'll leave that um, tell you what we'll do let's take a short break because Kev has agreed to come back to review another movie um, we'll be back after this I'm only saying this because I need a piss <laughs> <laughs> we got that boy coming over here today if I can trust my eyes and I think I can Susie knows all about your dirty work can't hurt can't hurt I had to get that boy's job back look JJ 
we can tie this off in a one neat bundle, address it to the dumps, to oblivion. We're doing great, but please do it my way. I've cased this kid. I know his ins and outs. He's full of juice and vinegar, just waiting for a big shot like you to put on the squeeze. You got the boy's job back, okay. But he's not gonna accept your favor. The manager, yeah, but not that boy. What has this boy got that Susie likes? Integrity, acute, like indigestion. What does this mean, integrity? A pocket full of firecrackers, waiting for a match. You know, it's a new wrinkle. To tell you the truth, I never thought I'd make a killing on some guy's integrity. I'd hate to take a bite out of you. You're a cookie full of arsenic. Before we wind stuff up, I've thought of something. Now, Tony Curtis is a reprehensible shit. Burt Lancaster, absolute yeah. reprehensible, disgusting human being. Yes. Is there anybody in this film that isn't... The secretary. Well, I, you see... I but then she like, lies for a living. Yeah, exactly. So. She lies for a living, and you're not sure exactly what's going on there, because mm. if you watch, when... Tony yeah, Curtis he, comes in, he's quite happy about getting undressed while she's walking about. So there's obviously yeah. something going on there. Yeah, she, she adores him and would get mm. with him. Yeah. Mm. Um, Cigarette? No, no. Because no. she was happy she's, to, after a bit of conversation, she was happy to give herself to this guy. Yeah. So yep. Do yep. favours. And, and it so turned that. out that the, she'd actually given herself to him before as mm, well, a couple yeah. of years previous. Yeah, in Florida, Miami? Or yeah, Florida? yeah, yeah, Florida, I think it was, yeah. You, I think, that's a good question. I think it's um, one of those films where you've not yeah, got every, anybody coming out clean. <laughs> <laughs> and again, that's probably what makes it a great movie, you know, the fact that, mm. you you know, you find yourself rooting for Tony Curtis or rooting for Burt Lancaster in place. Yeah. Or, or rooting for the sister. Yeah, but yeah. The sister is... Well, what about the sister's fiancé? He actually didn't do anything wrong. True. And yeah. he does have intensity. He, he has got an annoying face, though. One you want to punt. He plays jazz. So now he plays <laughs> jazz. Yeah, that's jazz. I'll just about to say the rest of the band. Chico and the rest of the band. But Kev will say, no, they're jazz. So yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Bin fire. <laughs> Um, you might be right there. I mean, certainly not anybody that we get to know in any depth. Mm, true. You know, there'd be background mm. characters or bit part characters that we, we don't know about. But the main six, as we said. Yeah, it's, it's a good point that usually in a story like this, you'll have someone that people are going to naturally be drawn towards and sort but of... we'd be drawn towards all six of these yeah. and they're not nice yeah. people that's yeah. what Kev's saying well, that's because we're all not nice people <laughs> we, we can all appreciate the manipulative side of them <laughs> it's, it's not a feel good movie but no. at the same time it's enjoyable in yeah. a dark way isn't mm. it it is yeah. Which, yeah and it's bizarre because as, as Paul said it's one that doesn't get spoken about and as Kev pointed out it's become now a classic in hindsight Insight or on retrospect mm. or you know on viewings to like new eyes that you know had didn't make the money at the time as you said um it's just one of those weird movies that probably shouldn't work mm. yeah it's like because it well, he's got he's got alexander mckendrick as a director which shouldn't Absolutely. work should not work. What the, no. the man who directed Whiskey Galore directing this? No, that doesn't fit. Doesn't compute. You know. But 
I've read the movie completely wrong. I read it completely wrong. And I'm not going to upgrade my score mentally of what I'm judging this movie as. All I'm going to say is I need to watch this again before the end of the year because I think this is going to play on my brain. Yeah, Mm. yeah. It is one that you're going to wake up and go, oh, yeah, 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 I see that now sort of thing. And, yeah. Okay. Kev has agreed to come back to review another birthday movie before the end of the year. (laughs) Let's take a break. time when it comes to entertainment you can't beat a good film so let's take a look at what's coming your way Okay, ladies and gentlemen, that has been another one of our Stinking Paws 10th anniversary specials. A big thank you to Kev. Thank you, mate, for turning no up. No problem. Enjoyed it. Once again, you know, you've just enlightened me on on a movie choice that I'd, I'd sort of dismissed when I first watched it. And Paul, for you, for the first time watch, you've pretty much enjoyed it as well. Yeah, yeah. It, it's It had more plus points than negatives, yeah. It's good to hear. That's why we're inviting these people on. And bearing that in mind, we're going to say to Kev, please come back. And he has agreed. We hinted at this <laughs> earlier. We, we can't get through a 10th birthday celebration without going back to a movie that we reviewed. It was Charlie and I reviewed, and it's got to be going back six or seven years now. And I enjoyed it so much. I, I was so familiar with it anyway. But when Kev asked me to appear on the film, Garth, this was the one I wanted to do. Um, and, and Kev's giggling now, just thinking about <laughs> watching this movie in the next couple of months. How about the boys from Brazil, Kev? What do you reckon? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know I'm up for that. 
as as we sort of hinted at, you've got Joseph Mengler being played by Gregory Peck with jet black hair, this pencil thin moustache, and this shut up you ugly bitch famous line. You know, Walter Gotel <laughs> from the fucking James Bond movies is in yeah. there. You know, do you reckon Brian Ferry got his look from this film? <laughs> Honestly, Paul, when you see Gregory Peck in this, I, I, I've got that image in my head straight away of Brian Ferry. So <laughs> you'll never unsee it now. <laughs> Take away the moustache, it's a new minute. Oh, right. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and it's just this bizarre... I think it's... Is it Ira Levin wrote the book, Kev? It's just this really... I've, I've got the book upstairs um, about these clones of Hitler in the 70s. <laughs> I mean, I always... I, I've known about the film. I've never watched it. I always knew it was a bit fucked up, for want of a better phrase. <laughs> yeah. You're just describing something more fucked up than I ever thought this was. <laughs> what I might suggest, if we record on Saturday Eve, you and I watch it. I know we don't like doing the immediate review. Yeah. But I'd like your immediate reaction. Oh, I think. yeah. That what might... do you reckon, Kev? If I get into Raw, watching with me, three yeah. o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. <laughs> yeah, that could be interesting. And then we just keep him quiet until we sit down and open the mics and chew on it for a little bit you know <laughs> Scott he'll still be sat in corner rocking gently back exactly. and forwards exactly <laughs> Paul thank you so much for being part of our birthday celebrations as no problem I have thank nothing you. else to do <laughs> <laughs> captive audience also having nothing else to do thank you Kev <laughs> <laughs> cheers my dears <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, it's been the Stinking Pauls. I've been Scott. He's been Paul. He's been Kev. Thank you very much. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Cheers. Cheers. The management of this theater suggests that for the greater entertainment of your friends who have not yet seen the picture, you will not divulge to anyone the secret of the ending. You dudes get lost now, you hear? Good night, ladies. Good night, sir. When you feel down, try positive thinking. That's what I told the man said. Don't wear a frown. Try positive thinking. Laugh back your troubles instead. You've got to look on the bright side. On hope so much depends. With your confidence sinking, positive thinking helps you on the way, my friend. When things look black, try positive thinking. Treat every season as spring. No glancing back, try positive thinking. Trust what tomorrow may bring. This crazy world that we live in will keep on spinning round. But with good, strong, positive thinking, we'll get together and life won't let us down. Shut up, you ugly bitch. Oh, shut up. We enjoy it.